country country music all right so because we're talking some texas stuff today thought we'd have something special to drink i'm curious as to what you have over there this is called green grape okay some sort of mystery beverage and it's from the austin winery in texas okay was this the one where i stopped at to get your phone yes okay yeah, yeah, so yeah. I've been there as well. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, because you guys weren't there with us. We were there the day before you. Yeah. Clearly, you had a good time because oh, you left your phone there. <laughs> <laughs> Amelia left her phone there. <laughs> uh, actually, was it? Did she? I think she might have left it at the bar next door. Anyways, we're 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 hanging out with the guys, uh, Cooper and Ross, uh, that own it. And we import their stuff into Ontario now, and uh, it's it's really great. And they're they're kind of the the new blood, the one of the handful of wineries that are putting Texas on a national and international map uh, for natural wine, because Texas has made wine for decades, if not centuries, but it's not really been a huge interest for exporting or importing into other countries, but now the natural wine movement there has. Uh, really peaked interest all around, including from importers like me, uh, with us bringing it into Canada now. And this was a, a can, so this is canned wine. It's a lightly sparkling wine, and it is a blend of uh, Veltliner, an Austrian grape, and Peak Pool. And so I thought this would be a fun can to crack. Yeah, it seems very apropos. Apropos? Apropos? Apropos. Apropos. <laughs> A uh, fun can to crack for today's discussion of a much more Texas. Here, top that off. And now that you, uh, generally Thanks, you're not a big wine fan, but I know that you like natural wine. I do like natural wine. So this is. I tend to only drink out. it with you, but. <laughs> so I thought this this would be a fun way to start that off. Thanks, so, man. I appreciate it. Cheers, bud. Cheers. A little shout out to Ross and Cooper at the Austin Winery. That is delicious. If anybody from Texas is listening and you like wine, <clears throat> check them out. They're in South Austin. Or our Uber driver that brought us there and she drove with, I think she had her foot out the window, one of her feet out the window the whole drive. Really? And she was like just sipping on like a giant big gulp. She was the funniest Uber driver I ever had in my life. Like she was... There was no way she wasn't completely high out of her tree. <laughs> and was just like unbothered by anything. Like, we're just going to stop. And she at just this. knew everything like the back of her hand. Yep. She didn't use GPS. <laughs> nope. <laughs> oh, you guys are going to the winery? No problem. <laughs> get in. Let me just uh, get my foot out here. Yeah. It was a lot of series of just nods. There wasn't much conversation, but <laughs> she got us to where we needed to go and didn't. I don't know what was in that big gulp, but. <laughs> respond to things like boom hour <laughs> more or less yeah more or less <laughs> this is what i'm picturing <laughs> oh this is uh this is really good i like this yeah it's uh <clears throat> easy drinking refreshing we don't import this one i don't know as much about this this was just a can the guys gave me as we were on our way out uh but it's great so not to get too deep into wine territory here but do wines like this lend themselves more to being canned? Because I feel like I see a lot more like um, piquettes mm -hmm. and pet pet nats. I don't know if those are the same mm -hmm. thing or different, but 
in cans. So is it because they're younger and they don't, the aging process doesn't lend itself well to cans? Yeah, that's part of it for sure. And they are different okay. things, but they, they drink kind of similarly. Okay. Like most people wouldn't be able to tell the difference cracking a bottle or a can of Petnata and Piquette. Yeah. You know, they're both sparkling, lightly sparkling. Um, but yeah, they're meant sweeter. To, um, it, Piquette has no rules. Okay. Uh, so Piquette's technically not wine. They've historically been like peasant wine or farmer wine, uh, because it's made from the must that's left over. Like after you right, press grapes, this there's still before. sugar in there. And so they I'm retaining some of the stuff. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the grape growers, the vintners would usually throw out the leftover must after they pressed off all the juice and it made wine. And then like the workers, the farmers, the peasants, like everyone else would be like, Oh, there's still sugar in there. Like we can still ferment that. And they would take those musts instead of throwing it out, they would then add water and then whatever else, like certain ingredients flavoring to it. And then it ferments again and it can be sparkling. So it's this like refreshing little drink that's not technically wine anymore because it's had water added. This isn't a piquette, but uh, yeah, the piquettes can be sweet. They can be dry. doesn't really matter. Uh, but Makes sense that I would like a peasant drink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Such a peasant. You can, you can think of it as like the, the, the Bud Light of like the <laughs> provincial French countryside in like the 1800s. It's the jug band of wine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Anyways, we digress. Uh, but today we are talking Texas and we're talking about one of my favorite new bands of, well, they're not new. I guess 2020 is when they came out. They've not been on my radar really until this year, which I'm super embarrassed to say. New to you. New to yeah, us. New to me. New to us. I think that this is a case where this is one of the things that are much more Andrew style than Sean style. Yeah, it leans uh, more on your, your musical tastes. But, you know, oftentimes, and I think you do the same, where it's like we're happy to entertain conversations when, you, you know, the, the I respect this band a lot. I, I think the guys that are involved in it, the roots of it, and um, it, I, I like the music too. I just think it's, yeah, it's not as in my wheelhouse as mm -hmm. it is yours, um, but there's a lot of cool, like the, the reading I've done on them and the, the tertiary listens I've given them, I, you know, I, I like it. I like what these guys stand for, and I like the story behind it. I think it's really cool. So we haven't said it yet, but we're talking about the panhandlers today. That's something we tend to never do. Yeah, over. exactly. We just dove right into it and everyone's like, who the hell are you talking about? Building suspense. Yeah. Uh, so essentially what you're saying is if the panhandlers came out with a murder ballad, then <laughs> then we'd have a conversation. <laughs> sure. I, I'm trying to think of like who my, if there was a pan, if there was a super group on my edge of it, who would it, who would it be? Well, it'd definitely be the guy from uh, Lost Dog Street Band. <laughs> yeah, but he's disagreeable. He couldn't oh, be in right, a, right. He couldn't be in As a super group with anybody. <laughs> As per the last episode. <laughs> like, no, I'm the only one in this super group. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? You don't want to be in a super group with me? <laughs> There's no winning with that guy. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyways, uh, so the reason I'm embarrassed that I didn't know about these guys is, well, I, I, I knew, so I heard the song um, West Texas in my eye a long time ago, 2020, around when it came out, and I liked it. Um, I think I really liked it, but for some reason, and here's where I draw a blank, is like, I don't know why I didn't dig into it, because usually if I really like something, 
I dig into it and know it top to bottom. Actually, side note, that's something that when I finally got my Spotify wrapped yeah, and it tells you like what musical style you are or like what kind of listener, listener you are. And mine came out with, I don't think they had this in previous years. No, I don't think so. This was something new this year. And apparently I am the specialist where it's when you like something, you really like it and you dive into it and you're open to new things. And as soon as you hear something you really like, you go full throttle on it, which would make sense like this year with things like Zach Bryan, et cetera. And also this. So what's just confusing to me internally is why I didn't go whole hog on this in 2020 uh, when this first came out. But I didn't. You may have just, sometimes I do that too, where I like, I'll, generally it's, I'll start with just, I like a song and then I'll come back to it and then explore it later. But there is the odd time where like, you either miss that like button or you just forget to do it. And then the moment passes and then you come back to it later. Oh yeah, these guys, I meant to dig into this. I, I, I would use that excuse but i had two times with this because the second time was when the song was featured on yellowstone like a year later and then i was like oh yeah that's that's <laughs> that's that song i liked i need to look into that and i still didn't and it really wasn't until and that, that was because that one was getting the most plays and everything that kept coming up on my spotify and for some reason i just didn't dig into it and then so fast forward to this past october at thanksgiving canadian thanksgiving in october uh it was outside my my brother always hosts thanksgiving and so i was outside with uh his his brother-in-law my sister-in-law's brother and uh so we're we're hanging out outside uh talking music Uh, he's a country fan as well too and he'd uh really gotten into texas country in the last year or so and so we were just kind of spitballing different bands and uh songs and things back and forth and he was like man the panhandlers like what a group like you really got to get into it and i was like yeah i i know but i don't like (laughs) i really like that song but i feel like i should know more and then like that that was the the impetus like sitting around that campfire at the back of my brother's place where i was like all right now I really got to look into this. And did you guys listen to it then and there? No, we didn't. <laughs> it was your best opportunity. <laughs> it was my best opportunity. There, there was no music outside. We were uh, like, several fair. drinks deep. And I think it was now we were getting into the rye after that. And uh, it wasn't until a week later, we were, my wife and I were at a show at one of the festival small halls. Uh, super cool thing. Side note. Have you ever been to one of those? No, I'm aware of, uh, of them. I just have not been to one. I think it started in Australia or the UK or somewhere, but it's like big here now. I don't know if everyone else has them anywhere in the US or whatnot, but it's like a partly government sponsored thing where small halls like churches or community centers or anywhere that has decent acoustics in rural areas, in rural little towns, they bring like pretty big deal people to do like a little intimate show and like the, the the artist's fee is subsidized by the government and you don't have to drive into your major metropolitan center to see like decent music. Yeah. So it's a really cool program, not only for like the access of music to like broader and rural populations, but also just like to see cool people in like small, like acoustic, intimate sort of places it was really great anyways we were uh on our way home from one of those and put on spotify and then like 
that was right as soon as West Texas is the best Texas came out. (laughs) My wife and I are just kind of looking at each other as soon as that came on, like, what is this? And it just starts rhyming through this, like, it's this great song that is like very serious about where they come from, but tongue in cheek at the same time. And like, I can't really describe it. You, you, you gotta listen to it. But even just like the, the, the way it starts out with like the bass, like it almost sounds like it's going to be like a Whalen or a Willie song at first, just like that heavy walking bass. Yeah. Like, I don't know if we have this. You're just like, shit, what is this? Actually, that, yeah, that intro was full Whalen vibes. Yeah. And slowly, like, the tune just, like, builds right up through it. And, like, instrumentation slowly starts to layer in with little bits of drums and, like, the fiddle coming in. They're just kind of, I don't know, taking Texas apart in different ways. Like, kind of tongue-in-cheek jabs to all the rest of Texas with West Texas being the best Texas as per the the title. Uh, Really just like immediately caught my attention it was like right i was supposed to listen to these guys <laughs> and this is now finally going to be the impetus to do it coming back so to me. that was as soon as this new ep was released and then i got the gold mine of going back to their first record from 2020 the one that has like, like the self-titled one that has uh west texas in my eye on it and I loved it even more. And it's it had like the same kind of like playful, whimsical tunes like West Texas is the best Texas on it, but also some more great, like sentimental, poetic, like really great imagery songs along the lines of West Texas in my eye uh, with other tunes like West Texas Girl or Cap Rocking. And it's just probably like along with Zach Bryan, in the last part of the year, in the in Q4, <laughs> this was uh, a, a, if Spotify Wrapped was only for the fourth quarter of of 2022, uh, these guys and Zach Bryan would have been would have been tops. So to to add a bit of uh, I guess color to uh, some stuff about that first album, um, I did some reading on these guys today. <clears throat> and there's some really cool stuff here. So that that self self titled debut they put out was done straight uh, to analog tape. Yeah, and they did all the songs in like two or three takes, which is pretty fucking impressive. Having recorded, uh, you know, in my teens on a, some analog tape and in a punk band I was in, um, it was not fun because you screw up and <laughs> you start over. Yeah. Uh, so you know, and, and they did that in the spirit of you know their 60s and 70s influences which is really 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 cool to me and another interesting thing was that it this project was initially envisioned as uh covers they were going to be covers that paid tribute to bands of the era they were you know sort of not emulating but paying tribute to i guess yeah yeah their inspiration like the flatlanders etc yeah and then as after a songwriting uh session in marfa which 
one of your favorite places. Um, Literally maybe my favorite place in the world. So it was said that they're on a high plateau in the Chihuahuan Desert. Um, the four songwriters began collaborating for the first time. Uh, later, after reconvening in, in the recording studio, uh, they reignited the creative spark by capturing each song in two or three takes, uh, focusing on performances that mirrored the unpolished charm of West Texas territory. And I'd say it's anything but unpolished, but it just, it really shows you like the talent of, of the artists involved in this when you know, they're saying these are their raw recordings. Yeah. That always throws me for a fucking loop. Totally. When you hear people When like, it's unpolished, but yeah. it sounds polished. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, really? Because, uh, yeah. Oh, you like, did that in two takes? Yeah. Because oh. it, w- it would take me two years to yeah. <laughs> put out something of that quality. But yeah. Thanks for unpolished. Thanks for taking 10 minutes out of your day to record this. Yeah. <laughs> did you see the uh, the little video uh, they put on Instagram? I forwarded it to you a couple of days ago of them mid writing west texas is the best texas i don't think i saw it oh it's it's great it's like i think it's the bridge that they're working out it was uh it was it was pretty fun to pretty fun to see and uh yeah i think that just uh, as you're saying like to their talent i've previous to this I had heard of William Clark Green, and as I looked into it, She Likes the Beatles, I Like the Stones. Like, I heard that song, like, years ago. I definitely know that. But I didn't have, like, a super deep history with him. Uh, same with John Bauman. Like, I, I know you have more of a background with him and liked his tunes. Um, I've heard it, and, like, I've heard a few songs, but I never really explored it. And similar to Panhandlers, now that I've went back, like, I love the stuff. Well, he'd kind of fallen off my radar. Like, he had an album a couple of years ago that I was into. And when I say a couple, it might have even been, like, five or six. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was called Here I Come or, or something like that. Um, <clears throat> that might have been the song that I, I it doesn't matter um but one of his older albums I was I was into and then yeah it kind of just it didn't come back to him yeah. after that and then when you showed me this I was like hey that name sounds familiar and uh yeah I, I did go back and kind of revisit that album because I, I did really like it um yeah and for me I uh I I, I just dove into all of it now because similar to you like old I don't even know if it was an album or a song or something that I, I had heard, but it, it wasn't fully on my radar. Now going back into it, really appreciate it on, on a whole nother level. But obviously Josh Abbott, like I think we've talked about him on the podcast in, in the past and Flatland Cavalry, uh, obviously as well too. That's the, the, those. So this is a super group. And even though us up in Canada, even being big country fans, we've not really had William Clark Green and John Bauman on our radar in like a more mainstream sense here, even though like we dig into things. Flatland Cavalry and uh, Cavalry and they're uh, consistently Josh popping up. Like uh, anytime they release something new, it's, it's, I always see it. It's totally. And, and same with- I'd say in the last year and a half to two years, they, they've become like not one of my favorite bands, but. I really enjoy a lot of stuff that they put out. And yeah. It's always a good go-to listen. And same with Josh Abbott. And now the fact that these guys all came together as a super group has brought me, brought the attention to these other guys that much more as well too. And when I'm looking at some of the songs on here, some of the ones that are some of my favorites, it's actually those guys that are writing it. Yeah. Like Cap Rocking is probably my favorite song this whole operation has ever put out. 
And I didn't even know what the hell cap rocking is or means. And, but I know it's a John Bauman tune. And, um, did you listen to that? Yeah, I did listen yeah. to it. I don't know what it means. Do you, are you, do you know now or are you still, well, I, I don't know what cap rocking means. And I even Googled it like cap rocking. What is this? And like, it, it didn't really come back with anything. So would you put uh, pop rocks in your, in your butt? <laughs> in your butt? <laughs> yeah. What does that have to do with cap? It's cap rocking. <laughs> Maybe in Sudbury. <laughs> this sounds like a Sudbury Saturday night. <laughs> no, that's a Sudbury Friday night. <laughs> so I stopped and Tom never sang about that. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> he purposely avoided singing about Sudbury Friday nights. Those wouldn't have passed yeah, on that's why the you radio. Need, you needed to drink so heavily on the Saturday to forget about what happened with the Pop Rocks on the Friday. <laughs> Would not have passed the sniff test. <laughs> Um, now I forget what I was saying. Cap rocking. Oh yeah. Uh, and so here's a full circle back to talking about the Austin winery. I was at a wine show in November where, uh, Ross and Cooper, the guys that I mentioned before from Austin winery were there. And somehow, because we were talking about one of their wines that came from the Texas high plains and the Texas high plains, AVA. AVA is for American Viticultural Area. The Texas High Plains AVA is in the Panhandle. It's like the north part of Texas wine growing region. And Cooper, he was explaining, I forget which wine, he was explaining me something about them. And he was like, yeah. And with the Cap Rock terroir and like the soils on his, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, what did you just say? <laughs> and he was like, well, up on the Cap Rock. And it's like, and it just flashed back to cap rocking. Yeah. And I'm just like, whoa, what's that? And then he like starts to explain it. And then we get in depth on this and he starts pulling up these geological maps and everything that show this like cliff of a shelf of um, like this rock prairie rock formation type of, I, I don't even know what the correct words are for it, but in, in Northwest Texas up in the panhandle, like down even towards Midland, like we would have drove past it when my wife and I drove back from, um, Marfa on the North route. I think that's highway 10. No, is it 20? 10 was the one we went through Fredericksburg and then 20 is the one through Midland and Odessa and all that. And so it's this like shelf that at a certain point <clears throat> in the panhandle drops off as like a cliff to like the the plains to the great plains and so it's this like unique terroir and geological soil that um, contributes to like the style of um, northwest texas wines and so he was just explaining that but it just clicked for me it was like this is what he's talking about like that must be the cap rock, the cap rocking he's talking about. What exactly cap rocking means, whether it means like rocking out their life on the cap rock, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. just just living. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we should reach out to them and see. Well, cap so rock we, is definitely like from like an oil, like not to get too into the geological corner here, but mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it, it's... You're Googling it now? Yeah, I've been looking, trying to, as we're doing this, seeing if there's any sort of correlation between just cap rock and cap rocking, but... Mm -hmm. I, I, I think it's as loose as you say it is. It's just like cap rock is a type of geological formation. Um, and I, I guess they're 
in the context of topping oil and gas reservoirs, but can also top formations of softer or less resistant rock and salt domes. So I think it's that last part. So it's a type of rock formation that probably is a distinguishing feature of a certain area. And then... So that's saying like it could be anywhere? No, I, I think it's it's probably... Specific to that? Specific to that area. Okay. Because the way he was explaining it and showing this on this map, it's like it's a big part, like half of the panhandle kind of thing. Like it's a major geological area. Yeah, so maybe it's just hanging out, sitting on the cap rocks and, you know. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Somebody. Somebody will know. Get out of somebody this because we are way <laughs> out of our element. <laughs> we, we need to know what cap rocking means. Anyways, aside from what it means, <laughs> the rest, like the, the tune and uh, like the, the lyrics, like I super dig this song. Forget how we got onto that. Yeah, we 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 strayed far there. We we really pivoted a whole bunch of times there. <laughs> it's all right. Made ourselves dizzy with those pivots, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. It, it's it's that type of thing that like whether they're talking about all the unique quirks of like East Texas, it's not the least Texas, or Houston. Well, it used to be Texas. Like all these little quips at like the rest of Texas versus West Texas, or cap rocking like it's all of these little cultural geographical regional um and and musical references that they're singing about that they know that uh the authenticity of it and the sincerity just kind of emanates and like you don't have to be from there to appreciate it i think because of like the how good the songwriting is and just the the imagery because there was also like i i sent you did you take a look at that link with um charlie stout is who wrote i did look at that the art yeah yeah and the photography yeah that was really cool really cool shit in there if y'all want to follow along just google uh charlie stout and you'll come to his website s-t-o-u-t and uh, he's who wrote West Texas in my eye. And I think he's a friend of theirs or they know each other to some degree. And he's also like a like visual he wrote artist. The song or the mm-hmm. line? The song. Okay. I didn't yeah. catch that. Yeah, he's the songwriter. Okay. I thought you That's meant a cover. their song was inspired by his his art. No, no. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's the songwriter. That That's, makes more the, sense. That's a cover. And so he went, it, it seems to me from cursory looking at the website and everything, he then after, cause it's titled as like the panhandlers, like yeah. West Texas yeah. uh, in my eye, created a series of photographs. Cause I guess he's a visual artist as well, a photographer, et cetera. And he, like some of the main, what were these? Like some of the main lines in West Texas in my eye. Do you have that handy? No, but let I me pull this up. up. I wanted to just there was a a, a good quote here on this album that you kind of kind of came to this point as well. But it was like this album feels like a story uh, many people have lived or heard. Uh, this is from Josh Abbott. Um, it's an honest rural reflection of life, voiced here from the Panhandle in West Texas, but it's not limited to those areas. Anyone from small town America can relate to the balance of blessings and hardships that life offers. People will love this album because it's real. I, I find that's cool because it's, yeah, it's it's pretty accurate. It's like the album is <clears throat> very specific to that region, but you don't need to be from that region to understand, you know, the things that they're singing about. And, and there's 
I'm going to leave this till the end, but there's another just beautiful quote in here from, uh, I think one of the guys who runs the la- the record label this, this first album was on, but it encap- encapsulates the whole vibe of country music. And I'm going to save this quote to the okay, end. Okay, we're going to close gold. with that. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, no, with, with what you were saying, I, 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 I totally agree. I would love this regardless. I think one reason why I'm a little more over the top on it, by, I'm, I'm in no sense from Texas, but we've been there a bunch of times now and I've driven across it four times and through different ways, like from Marfa down through Big Bend Road Horses up in Big Bend Ranch and then through Del Rio to San Antonio and then up through Midland back and forth and through the middle. And so more than the average tourist i think i've seen like some interesting parts yeah from, i would like, say so you guys have been off the beaten track yeah and i i think that's the thing like i five years ago six years ago had you asked me like do you want to go to texas i'd like laugh and say why like maybe for country music but in in my mind i think i thought it was like cliche oil fields with tumbleweeds and Dallas suburbs with oil bros and Dallas housewives. Yeah. And I was like, not interested. Like, why do I need to go there? Um, but when we did go for various vacation and engagement reasons and to Marfa, Austin, San Antonio, et cetera, and all the driving in between, we were blown away with like the crazy diversity in typography, typography topography and geology and everything and like we we travel quite a, a lot bit. of different fonts <clears throat> there yeah exactly a lot of different <laughs> <laughs> sorry it's not all the helvetica we were expecting comic songs yeah <laughs> and like we like my wife and i together we've traveled like even like alaska and like she's from bc so like beautiful stark um landscapes are something like we're pretty used to and going to a place where we didn't expect it at all like texas just like blew our mind and even in the simple senses of like really beautiful simple desert settings that just like kind of speak to your soul in a way it just it it really grabbed us and so so many of these things they're singing about i kind of get it even though I'm, I'm not from there and it just, it, it makes it that much more interesting for me and bringing it back to, uh, we're talking about, uh, Charlie Stout and the, uh, the lines from that song that he wrote West Texas in my eye, he, uh, put together a bunch, a series of photographs, um, like 20 or something different ones. Yeah. I think it's 21 different ones that are certain lines from the song, like, Staying up till dawn or something in the dust and wind. Uh, a thousand tumbleweeds roll by me every day. I'll be your blue eye bandit. When the water table falls uh, beneath the reach of humankind. Like these all have photos he's taken that are illustrating that type of, ta- that type of thing. Um, and they're, they're really beautiful. And I think if you're someone who's not driven through or been or is from there, it's, I think it's a little bit of nice context to see the kind of vast expanse and, and beauty of, of this area that they're clearly all very proud of. I, 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 I really wish I would have paid more attention when you sent me that because that is such a cool concept for, I, I, I guess, I don't care what came first, him writing the song or 
taking the photos, if he inspired himself <laughs> by taking the photos, whatever it was, that's that's really cool. I, I, I thought you were saying that it's like the, the photos inspired these guys to write the song, but that, that's... I don't think so. I yeah. could be wrong, but I don't think so. I think it's the other no, way No, I'm around. sure you're right. I think I just wasn't paying enough attention because I was also at work when I was looking at all this, but... <laughs> <laughs> Multitasking. Yes, as we always are. Uh, and I, I think something else, like, I, I just really like how not serious this is while being incredibly serious. Like, almost what we were saying before, their talent is so rich and obvious throughout the whole project. But there's, like, a looseness to this, like a comfortableness that is just chill. Like, it feels, like, when you listen to it, you can... You can feel that they're just like buddies hanging out, having fun. Like they don't care if this makes money. This is like a side gig that they're like, they all have great independent careers. And I, I either read it or heard it on a podcast. I can't remember. But one of the guys was saying like, this is great because they, their careers don't rely on this project. Yeah. Um, they can just kind of like swing for the stands and just like have fun and like give no fucks. Like, it's just, this is, this is a fun part. And actually one of the tunes, um, this is my life, like really kind of encapsulates that where they have like a few whimsical quips about each. I think it's Josh Abbott singing that song and he's saying like, oh, this is what Clato's like. And this is what, uh, what John's like. And in, in a fun, I don't know, vibey kind of way. And you, I, I think that loose comfortable friend cheer kind of comes through those weren't good descriptors of it but uh no well i'll here i'll i'll add to what you're saying here and this was directly from john bowman was um the sounds of sonic landscape right out of a hot afternoon in lubbock texas uh, it's loose and it's warm uh, the lyrical picture are all like something off an old postcard each one with its own story to tell, with the backdrops being little vignettes of life on the South Plains Panhandle region of Texas. Nice. So it 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 to them as well. It's it is truly just uh, not. I guess it's an ode to the life that they've all grown up living, but it also doesn't seem to be taken too seriously either. Yeah, and like I, I <laughs> like the Chilton song for me is like another great example of that. I was unaware of this drink, Chilton. Have you had a Chilton before? Okay, so I was also not aware of it before I went to Texas. And so where I learned about it was at Tecovis, the, the boot store I love. I love Tecovis. Tecovis, yeah. sponsor us. If, <laughs> if, if, if we would have a dream sponsor, it would be uh, Cowboy Boots. <laughs> yeah, I need some new boots. Tecovis. <laughs> I think I have like five, four pairs. Like I love, love these guys. Uh, anyways, side note, that wasn't meant to be a pitch for a sponsor, but I was at Tecovis and when, when you walk in there, like, okay, this is all going to sound like a sponsorship pitch, but it's seriously not like I ordered from them, like in 2017 or 18, like it's, it's an appreciation. <laughs> it's an appreciation. Uh, that was before they had stores, but their stores are awesome. Now they're like great customer experience. And like when you walk in there, you don't ha even have to be buying anything yet. And they're just like chill and welcome you and like open a beer or like a, a cocktail, like a canned ready to drink cocktail. And so like I've had Palomas there in the past and whatnot. And so I think it was the Fort Worth one. I love when, nothing more than a store offering me booze. 
Well, so and that's not a bar, just a regular. Every or every store should just offer you booze. <laughs> so the only other time, okay. So here's here's a real knot of legitimacy to this, uh, to to Kovas. The only other time I've been offered booze in a store was at Tom Ford in Manhattan when I was like buying like a bow tie like <laughs> ten years ago or something. I was there, and it was like a great experience, and like they didn't ask like it's not like you've bought something and now you get a drink it's like oh welcome oh would, here's a glass of champagne like what yeah. can we help you with kind of thing that was in a very kind of like fine setting but that was that's like one of the heights of like haute couture kind of thing like, my barber always gives me a beer yeah, well that's awesome like my <laughs> yeah. mine doesn't and uh frankie if you're listening give me a beer next time <laughs> jay thanks for all the beers and so when <laughs> he doesn't even drink when you so walk, you know in. they're there just for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. Yeah, and that's customer service. And so, other than the situation at Tom Ford, like walking into Tacovas, like they just like, hey, how are you? You want a beer or like a, a Paloma or something? And like just crack one and give it to you. It's not like you've checked out and paid already. Yeah. Like it's just like part of the hospitality. And uh, I think I think it was when we were at the um, Fort Worth. Uh, one on our way back last time. I think they ran out of beer and were like, well, we've we've got some Palomas or a Chilton. And I was like, what's a Chilton? Like I was thinking that that was like the brand, like the the distillery or the, the brewery or something. Thanks for walking it back, by, by the way, because I was sitting here racking my brain as to how we how got How did we get here? Track. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tangent on tangent. Good I, job, I good remembered job, where we were. <laughs> and so... Uh, and they, they explained it. It's like, it, it's a, it's a Texas thing. Um, they didn't explain that it was like a panhandle thing. Apparently it is. Uh, but they're like, it's just vodka and lime and salt essentially. Oh, and like, um, club soda or whatever you're going to put in it. Um, Topo Chico, I think is like the classic thing, uh, from, from Texas. But if you don't have Topo Chico around easily, like we don't here, uh, you can just use, club soda. I don't know. It was delicious. And I just never had it before and never heard of Chilton. And it was like a hot day. It was super refreshing. Lime, lemon, salt, kind of easy drinking, cool concoction. And so that was that. Never heard of it before. Learned about it there. Never, it ne was... ne never heard about it again after <laughs> I left Texas. And then listened to this tune. And they have a whole song about the Chilton song and explaining why it's so good, how it's made. <laughs> it <says laughs> Just it like was, having fun with it. Originated in Lubbock. And it was created uh, by a man called Dr. Chilton, who I want to know more about Dr. Chilton. Sounds like a chill dude. And he walked into the Lubbock Country Club and he wanted to enjoy a refreshing beverage on a hot summer day. And he instructed the bartender to mix the juice of two lemons and vodka and club soda and serve it over ice with a salted rum. So it was originally club soda, not Topo Chico. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So anyways, that's a, that's a fun tune. I don't know what, what else we need to chat about these guys. No, I mean we. I think we've we've covered most of it. I would just suggest everybody give it a listen. Honestly, and also the individual guys, like, and maybe that's the other thing because well, there's a lot of ground there to cover, right? Yeah, and like I was digging back, like John Bauman, like into like he's oh he's got a great new tune, South Texas tradition. It's the, this just feels nostalgic to me. Uh, the same kind of like 
going home and hunting like this, especially I heard this around Christmas. So my brother and I have started a tradition. This is the first year we couldn't do it. Uh, but every, since I got a bird dog and then he got one as well too, every Christmas Eve, we would go pheasant hunting. And so it's kind of like part of our like going home hunting tradition and then skeet shooting whenever we're home, when it's a green Christmas or uh, in the summer and just the whole setup and context the just really draws some nostalgia for me. And uh, I just really love his poetic, sentimental style of writing uh, that really weaves and tells a story. Like even right back to his first record, um, West Texas Vernacular with songs like Bible Belt that seem like very autobiograph- autobiographical about him and how he got there and what his context is through to songs like Midland, like about a girl from Midland. And obviously like Josh Abbott, like we've been listening to for years. He's been very much on our radar. And I think I referenced him an episode or two ago uh, from the luckiest song um, that we're lucky that King George still makes country records. Uh, he's got tons of great tunes. The, the John, I don't know if it's Bauman or Bowman, so we either way, we may be, I may be saying it wrong. Um, I'm not sure either. I think I've been saying Bowman, you've been saying Bauman, so 50% of the time. Um, the one I was, the album I was referencing was from 2017. It's called uh, Proving Grounds. Uh, Here I Come was the first song, so I was, oh, I was, yeah. I was damn close. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was I was just thinking like I don't think that's the name of a record because yeah. I've just been looking at these, but yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. you're right. That you're one of the tunes. And uh, yeah, there's another song on it as well. The, the, Here I come is a, is a great song, but there's another one called The Trouble with Drinking as well, which is a good tune. Oh yeah, that is a good tune. And uh, yeah, there's there's some there's some uh, there's some good jams on that album. Uh, yeah, just wanted to correct that so anyone listening along can look it up. And of course, there's Flatland Cavalry, which we we love and have known. I forgot that he did a tune with Haley Witters. Meantime, yeah. like the front end and the back end of that record from 2021, "Welcome to Countryland," like "Country Is," yeah, as song number one. Like they do, and they I find they do a lot of duets um, with, mm. but I don't want to say random like female artists but well, he's like, married to caitlin butts yeah so that that i think she shows up every yeah every album fairly, or so yeah but i feel like there's other ones too um i might be talking on my ass here but um i don't think i realized that that they yeah. were married so i was like okay yeah these these great great tunes all right well everybody check out uh the the first album from the panhandlers the self-titled one and the new ep which is titled do you remember this off the top of your head? West Texas is the best Texas. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I wanted to say this quote. Oh, yeah. The quote to round it out. I feel like really encompasses. Uh, okay. So it was, uh, this was from, um, that doesn't matter. I think he's the uh, owner of the record label or maybe a producer on the album. And he said, country music is music for people with rough lives. Um, that's what this album is all about. It aspires to music that makes people feel better at the end of a rough week. It's one step away from Honky Tonk and one step away from Roughneck Oil House. West Texas really has an identity. It gets so damn cold, and for the people who stay there, it's half pride, half resignation, and half something else. That identity has really, really drawn these guys together. And with that, we'll talk to you next week. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. Cheers.
country, country music.